It's right. Your home for UNLV Athletics is right here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, KWWN Las Vegas. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grainy's grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Greenies grades. God damn it, I hate Jack Fanny. This isn't going to be difficult. All right, hold on, hold on. We, I got to give you more details on, on, the, the on the ham sniffers here. Okay. <laughs> they also talked to the woman who is the head seller quality of quality control. Whatever that means. Um, <laughs> she said her nose is like being a detective. <laughs> so Solid here's, B. Here's her, she said, when a normal person smells a bad smell, it's just bad. For me, I know exactly how bad it is. And she gave two examples. Once, she smelled a fire in her neighbor's kitchen before her neighbors knew their house was on fire or their kitchen was on fire. And two... Her husband gave her perfume for her birthday, and she said, I knew what it was before I unwrapped it. She smelled through the box. <laughs> if you missed the last segment, wow, there are people in Spain that get paid money to sniff hams to make sure they're good. They stick a little needle in a ham and smell it, and that's how they figure out if the so ham is good So she's the controller. Enough. She might be the head sniffer. Yeah, the the guy is apparently the, the one that's been there the longest yeah. and does 800 hams a day. This is apparently his boss, who's also very good at it and has a very good nose. If he's, you said he was there since the 1990s, 200 hams on a non-Christmas month. I mean, a guy like that could be done with work in an hour. Could be. I mean, or if he takes it seriously, that could be a 16-hour day. <laughs> do, do I don't know how long. I'd love to know how long one ham takes him to either... To say this is good or we're tossing it. He's well, how, eight hundred hams a day now. Like he's getting his work in. Think about you have. They hand you a clipboard. They're like, yeah, and make sure you document. Oh God! Each All hand. right, nutty, acre, <laughs> acorn, little toasted, rejection. This is such a great story. I love this so much. All right, let's grade. Let's let's do some grades. First topic. Check. Nick Mullins. D. D. I'll go back to what you said. He did not completely have any kind of catastrophic mistakes. Uh, he was Nick Mullins, one pass of 10 yards or more. He wasn't any good. We didn't expect him to be any good. But I won't go total left because he didn't go out there and throw three interceptions and just hand the game to the Raiders. The NFL as a whole gets an F. F. <laughs> that game and Nick Mullins' performance is the exact reason why no NFL team should ever carry a third-string quarterback. Because they could have signed anybody that played quarterback at a Power 5 school in the last two years, and they could have done what Nick Mullins did yesterday. They could have put Johnny Stanton, their backup fullback at quarterback, and he could have done what Nick Mullins did yesterday. There is no point in having a third-string quarterback because if your top two guys are out, your offense has zero chance at being successful no matter what. So stop paying third-string quarterbacks. They don't need to exist. Just sign random guys off the street 
and put him in there and let him hand off to Nick Chubb 23 times. Whole league gets an F. Next topic. F. Rich Passaccia. I mean, he's the head coach, and they were horrible, but they won the game, so D minus incomplete? D <laughs> minus incomplete. I just love to say that, incomplete. They incomplete. I mean, they weren't any good, and he's the head coach. He's in charge of things. Uh, now, he is the special teams coach, and they did win it on special teams, although Hunter Renfro, for some reason, started dropping balls. Yeah, that was, was weird. That but... was strange. I mean, the one guy you think isn't going to make mistakes, he muffed two, fell on it, uh, made a good play on the last one by actually fielding it and, and giving them a little field position. But, yeah, I don't, I, don't think any, I don't think any of the Raiders are getting passing grades here. All right. Well, D technically is passing, isn't it? Pass. Mm, depends where you went to school. All right, I am giving Rich Passaccia a check minus. Oh, check minus. Um, and the only reason I'm not giving him an F is because they won the game. He ran a fake punt on fourth and an inch, and normally, I would say you're an idiot for running a fake punt on fourth and an inch. Just leave your offense on the field. Derek Carr has a better chance of getting it than Dolan Levitt, which is who they snapped it to on their fake punt, but. There are two important notes of context. Number one, the Raiders suck in short yardage. They had just tried a quarterback sneak on third and one, and Derek Carr fumbled the snap. So I can understand not trusting them. And two, he's a special teams coordinator. Like, of course he's going to run the punt unit out there to run a fake punt. So he at least got a little bit aggressive. He still kicked like three times when they should have gone for it on fourth and short in that game. But at least he got a little bit aggressive one time, even if it was with Dolan Levitt. And not Derek Carr. So I can't give him an F for that. It's a check minus. Check minus. Next topic, Brian Edwards. Uh, C. Solid C. Gets the touchdown. Fumbles solid the ball. Solid C. Wow. I didn't know we had the word solid. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually cool. Um, gets the touchdown, and but also fumbled the ball. So he's got to go. It's balanced. So he's in the middle with me. Yes, he's a good grade for him overall. Um, C. I am going to give out an F, though. Oh. F. Jared, are you ever surprised? Because. <laughs> I was surprised by check minus. I've, I've had that available this whole time, and I think this might be the first check minus we've given away. It was, it was, it was the right thing to give out. Uh, but the reason there's an F for Brian Edwards. F. He scored a red zone touchdown yesterday. Do you remember when they drafted Brian Edwards? Yeah, that was what he was going to he do. He was the big body yes. wide receiver that, you could that throw was going to help him in the red zone. Yes. He yeah. was going to be a red zone, so he was going to yeah. box people out in the yeah. red zone and make it easy for the Raiders to score. Well, since the Raiders have had Brian Edwards, they've sucked in the red zone, and he has not done anything in the red zone. So awesome that he got one yesterday, but he should have about 15 of those over the last two seasons, and they just, nope doesn't exist whether it's him not being good enough or them not using it the whole so situation gets an f you're giving the f to more f. on the other side of the things entire than team him. the entire team gets an f i'm pretty sure they've used foster moreau as the big body right. guy more often than they have brian edwards i'm giving the organization gets an f because we saw a red f. zone touchdown from brian edwards and we should have seen more of that over the last two years right. because that's why they drafted him it's good great that that actual play i'll, gi I'll give it an a I mean, well, a. no, but take that away, Jared. No A. I give it a B. Solid B. B. Solid B. I don't B. like goal line fades, so I can't give it a B. Or give N it a slash a. a. It worked, and they actually threw to Brian Edwards. That was very confusing. I'm sorry. Yeah, Next I'm just topic. pressing buttons now. Josh Jacobs. The worst. 
D. I don't think he's any good. I was going to fail him, but he had 42 receiving yards. He had some production in the passing game. So check minus. (laughs) Check minus. Boy, we're using that a lot today. Uh, He averaged 3.5 yards per carry on his 15 carries yesterday. Peyton Barber averaged six point. Yes. <laughs> Peyton Barber came in and had some runs. Now, Peyton Barber, small sample size, didn't have 15 carries. Maybe if he'd gotten 15, he would have been stuffed for 3.5 yards a carry eventually, too. But we've seen this a couple of years in a row now where the Raiders give somebody not named Josh Jacobs a few carries, and they look a little bit better than Josh Jacobs. But Josh Jacobs still continues to get all the carries. It goes back to... Josh Jacobs, it doesn't matter if he's good. It matters if the offensive line is good, and that's where the running success comes from. So Josh Jacobs is going to have bad games because the offensive line is no good. There's no doubt in your mind they pick up his option. They can't. It'd be so stupid. I'm just asking. I think they. I think Mayock, if Mayock's the GM, which in Paul Gutierrez's story the other day, Mark Davis, you had it uh, on, on the show yesterday written down where he's like, I don't know why he wouldn't be, which yeah. I thought that was a little uh, going out on the limb for something I didn't think was decided yet. Mayock, I think, would pick the option up. No. P- don't, don't pick it so. up. Start from All scratch. Right. I mean, granted, he's on the team right. next year, but start from scratch. That right. was John Gruden. Wash your hands of it. Start telling everybody that everything was a Gruden pick, except like Renfro and Crosby. <laughs> Take credit for those. Start telling it. Start telling everybody <laughs> the else. The only guy. Yep. Renfro was the only Clemson guy I agreed on. Yeah, that Nate Hobbs guy, him too. Um, but everybody else, you just start saying, nope, that was a Gruden pick. Now I'm in control. This is my team. All right, next topic, Marcus Mariota. You know what? And this is right to him. I'm giving him an F. I want him running. And F. I know it's I know the read plays and he's probably making the right decision, but I'm tired of this. If he's gonna go in there, I want him to do so. Or I want him check checking into like passes. Uh, why does you he think check? he's allowed to check? I, I, well, I mean, if I'm only check. if I know I'm only gonna be out there for two plays and they're not gonna play me anyway, I'm like, hey, I'll just check into this and we'll throw a pass. I mean, I want him to do that. I want him to do something. I'm tired of just watching him hand off. Okay. I am very close to giving an F here, but I'm not giving an F yet. Uh, Jared, incomplete. <laughs> incomplete. Because every time Mar- Mariota was in the game, they ran the zone read yesterday. Yeah. Oh, now, there's pro- there's a couple problems here. Number one, Derek Carr stays in the game. Yeah, they the have got receiver. to get Derek Carr out of the game. He has got to be on the sideline for an actual wide receiver because, and this is why I give it an incomplete, if the Raiders, let's say in like week 17, they're playing the Colts. If they bring in Mariota, it's third and two, and they finally run a pass play with him in the game, then I'll be like, good job. You set it up the whole season by only asking him to run the zone read for 16 weeks, and then you hit the Colts with a trick play, in a sense, with a zone read, and Mariota actually throws it down the field. But here's the problem. When Derek Carr's lined up at wide receiver, you're not running Derek Carr on no. a slant route. No. Right? You got to get like Zay Jones in there or somebody that's an actual wide receiver Ooh. so he can run down the field. Derek Carr said that last night. He goes, the corners look at me and say, they're not throwing to you. Right. But yes. Yeah. But but he's got to be off the field. Unless that, the trick play is to throw it back to Derek Carr and then have and him throw it down throw the, it field. the field. But I feel like that's too obvious. Oh, no. See, I was thinking the you have Derek Carr just sort of start walking down the field and then take off running after he gets behind the cornerback. You, you saw him run yesterday. You think he's no. getting behind the cornerback? I think he will. he'll move his feet a lot and not go anywhere. <laughs> so, Does he catch the pass? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so. No, okay, Mariota right. throws, uh, throws pillows. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I... I'm very close to an F, but it's incomplete. They've got three more incomplete. weeks. If Mariota doesn't throw a pass out of that package once this year, complete failure. 
Because otherwise, just just run a wildcat with Josh Jacobs and well, the Joker's hurt, but just whoever the hell's a skill position guy. You know, the whole point of Mariota is he can run and pass. Yes, he can throw, and they're not even like. They're not even the receivers aren't no. even good on the field. It's not even like oh maybe they're they're blocking the entire way or cars just standing there. Put a receiver in the game, throw it down the field. All right, next topic: icing the kicker. Mm, incomplete. Incomplete. Usually, I don't think this is a big. I I don't think it matters because usually now again I'm saying this and uh, the Washington kid, excuse me, the Cleveland kid missed the kick, but usually with good kickers it doesn't matter. So. It's incomplete to me because I don't really care if you do it or not. Gets an F. It's a complete <laughs> waste of time. Complete waste of time. And as you said, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. There's no difference in icing a kicker whether yeah. they make it or These miss guys it. sit on the side. I-, I watch them in warm-ups before the game. They kick like 50 balls. <laughs> so kicking two in a row, I mean, that's all they do. In they stay- I see Daniel Carlson. He's out there for like 45 minutes kicking from every conceivable distance that he can kick from. And he's out there for 45 minutes. So the fact he's like, oh, geez, I got to kick a second kick. He's already kicked the ball like 50 times that day. I could almost understand you're icing like the snapper instead of the kicker. That might make more sense. Or you're icing the holder. You're icing a uh, AJ Cole out there. He might fumble the snap the second time around. But it doesn't matter. It gets an F. Next topic. F. Last one for you. Monday night doubleheaders. Are we saying last night? <laughs> you can grade, you can however grade you whatever you want. You want it. However F you minus it. incomplete check minus. F <laughs> minus incomplete check minus. That was so bad last night. Oh, my God. I can't even think of the. Now, they always have the doubleheader to start the year, right? That's yep. always like they always. But those are always good. Because the Raiders are always like the second game. Um, so yeah, they try to have good matchups then, but last night was such a abomination of football that I can't think back to any good doubleheaders I've seen on Sunday nights. Okay. That yesterday sucked for Raiders fans because it was a 2 PM game in California and Nevada. Absolute disaster to have a, your, your NFL team play at 2 PM on a weekday. That's a nightmare. For me personally, A+. Plus. I don't think I have ever a enjoyed plus. more watching a football game at 2 p.m. That was great. I wish they played every game at 2 o'clock on a Monday. The Cause, Raiders. Because he gets out of work. Because <laughs> I'm done. I, I sit on my cat. That was amazing. We had, game was over at like 5.15. I should. That was great. I should follow your lead and change it given my profession. Yeah, oh, yeah, in our I mean, did you miss oh, yeah. deadline? No, I didn't. I, 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 I was in three hours early last right. night. <laughs> phenomenal. Absolutely sucks for like everybody else that cares about this sport. But for me and you, phenomenal. Every game should be Monday at two. I am on board with two o'clock games. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. End of story, dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, 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 dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude. Bischoff's Briefs. I guess you've got a point there. Quick update. Flyers Capitals postponed tonight. Means there's only one NHL game that is still supposed to go on. Originally, there were going to be 10. That is the Golden Knights and Lightning. Frank Severali just tweeted, the second game on tonight's slate may also be in jeopardy. Sounds like one of the teams is bracing for positive tests, which would be either Tampa or Vegas. So there's a chance 
There is no hockey tonight. We will talk to Kelly McCrimmon, hopefully at 930. I guess if the Golden Knights are about to have 12 positive cases, we might not be talking to Kelly McCrimmon, but hopefully we're talking to Kelly McCrimmon in well, about six minutes. Now, remind me, remind me they went 4-0 on, this, on, this, on the trip, yep. but they played teams with COVID issues, so this might be them finally catching up with the test. Boston had it, yeah. And I know, so last week, Darren Millard filled in. And one of the things he brought up was most of the teams that were having outbreaks, they were getting them shortly after returning home from yeah. a road trip because that's where people were more likely to contract it, I guess. So we'll see. I mean, speculative, but Frank Severali sounds like there might be a cancellation of the game today. So we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight and if there is a Golden Knights lightning game. But I wanted to yell about one thing today. Derek Carr had his 23rd fourth quarter comeback yesterday against the Browns. Well, not all 23 are against the Browns. 23rd in his career. Um, he's now tied. <laughs> yeah, 23 against one team. Imagine, like, awesome. literally. Although, I think, didn't at one point Tom Brady have, like, the most comebacks and, like, half of them were against the Dolphins? Probably. Yeah. Um, but Carr is now tied for 23rd all time with fourth quarter comebacks. These are the active quarterbacks that have more than Derek Carr. Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, it's more of a, they've been around for a very, very long time. Uh, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, and Russell Wilson. That's the one I saw you're listening to. That was the one name that stood out. I was like, Andy, Andy Dalton's Dalton. got more than Derek Carr? This is, I think, this is my least favorite stat. Because, yes, Derek Carr got the ball two minutes to go, less than two minutes to go, down by two, took his team down by one, took his team down the field, got a game winning field goal. They won the game. But if we're going to acknowledge that that is somehow like this great accomplishment, we have to pretend like the rest of the game didn't happen because the first 58 minutes of that game car and the offense were terrible, horrible. Like first off, he throws an interception with less than three minutes to go in the game where he just throws it up for Zay Jones and overthrew Zay Jones to where it was an interception. If he underthrows it a little bit, at least Zay Jones has a chance to make a play or, you know, not it, be an interception. Right. But a terrible, terrible throw there to Zay Jones. Derek Carr's like the safety made a great play. Eh, you overthrew Zay Jones on that play, but the defense got him the ball back and they gave him another chance. But the bigger issue here to me isn't necessarily that interception. The Raiders had 13 points before that final drive. They had 13 points on nine drives in that game against a team that had multiple defensive starters out because of COVID, right? Carr got to play a depleted secondary, a depleted team, and they could not score. And so the only reason, the only reason he has a fourth quarter comeback yesterday it's because he was bad for 58 minutes of that game. And his defense was pretty good. Right. If if Derek Carr and the offense were just average yesterday. It's not even a game. It's it's at least 28 to yeah. 13. Yeah, it's like a, it's a right? two-touchdown win. Like at least 28 to 13. But because he was so bad for so long and, and the offense as a whole, like there were how many passes did Foster Moreau drop yesterday? Like, Oh, Deshaun Jackson, yeah. Foster Moreau, like, there are drops everywhere. It's not all in car car was actually probably one of the better offensive right. players yesterday. Like tons of drops offensive line, still bad. Like Jacobs didn't do anything in the running game. Like the offense as a whole was terrible. And because of that, they had to have a fourth quarter comeback. So I think the fourth quarter comeback stat is my least favorite 
because it ignores all other context. It's not like this was some back and forth game. Yeah, against it wasn't thirty five all, and he drove right. him ninety yards. That that's not what happened here. This was a pathetic offensive display from both teams. And Carr made, you know, three. I mean, he made some good plays there at the final drive, made three or four good plays, got him a field goal, and they scored 16 points to win a game. Well, now you're telling me why Andy Dalton has so many, because my guess is that's (laughs) what happened with Andy Dalton. The the offense stung for 58 minutes, and then he kind of drove him to a field goal. Every time the Bengals held a team to 15 points, Andy Dalton had a chance in that fourth quarter comeback. (laughs) And damn it, Andy Dalton was going to get to 17. They were going to score 17 and win that game. Coming up next... Kelly McCrimmon joins the show. So Nicholas Waugh can win it for the Knights right here. The righty comes down the middle. He fakes, and he scores! Several fakes from Nick Waugh. He goes inside the right post, and the Knights win it on the island. 4-3 to three Vegas. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on Quesera. Hopefully joining us in a few minutes will be Kelly McCrimmon. Lots going on in the NHL right now, yes. so uh, I don't know where the press box takes precedent. Supposed to be two NHL games. Well, there's supposed to be 10 NHL games yes. tonight. Uh, eight of those had already been postponed. Uh, the other game, besides the Golden Knights Lightning, has been postponed as so nine well. nine out of ten as we speak. Um, Frank Severali tweeted not too long ago that the Golden Knights Lightning could be postponed as one of those teams is about to have about to announce a bunch of positive tests or bracing for a bunch of positive tests. Uh, the Golden Knights are, I think, the only team that had made it without having a postponed game now, uh, but that's apparently going to change. Um, so this is where we are with the Golden Knights. They might be playing the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. They might not. The NHL has already decided all the games after tonight were going to be postponed through Christmas. They already don't play on Christmas Day, but 22nd and 23rd games were going to be postponed. Um, and they already had, didn't they already have the border crossing? They already had shut down. They already shut down any kind of crossing. Yeah, t- traveling between Canada and the U.S. I have to imagine, and it'll be interesting to see what Kelly McCrimmon says to this, I have to imagine there's going to be a longer pause after the 26th. Well, and it goes back to what you said earlier in the show. Uh, I have to imagine if there's a longer pause at some point, they the season's going to be shortened. Right. That depending on how long you got to sit out. I mean, obviously you can you can find places for one or two games for teams along the schedule. When you've got teams that are like, well, they haven't played 10, 15 games, that becomes really hard to fit that into what's already after the Olympic break, which also might not exist. Right. It comes very hard to fit in 10 to 15 games in that short a time period, especially when the schedule is already condensed. So it's listen, we we've seen it the last couple of years with our sports leagues, flexible scheduling is possible. Like it's you, you can make up games. You can figure out a way to make things a little more fair, a little more equitable. I mean, hell the first year that the NHL, when they had to go into the bubble, they had to do points percentage to determine sort of where you would be seated going into the bubble because teams had played an unequal number right, of games. Right. And they said, we're just, we're going straight to the playoffs. We're not making everybody play, you know, the same amount of games. So I think there's a possibility that happens again because the NHL has been hit harder with this than the NBA and the NFL so far. I mean, I remember like, I remember like two months or two weeks ago, I was like, why is this only happening in the NHL? Like it's not happening to the NBA or NFL. Now it's happened to all of them. So it might get just as bad in the NBA. It might get just as bad in the NFL. 
We'll see what happens in those leagues. But the NHL has certainly dealt with it a lot, and we'll see if there is actually going to be a Golden Knights game tonight. But joining us now is the general manager of the Golden Knights, Kelly McCrimmon. Good morning, Kelly. Um, you guys playing a game tonight? Yeah, we're one of uh, two games in the NHL tonight, and it should be a real good one against the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, so we've seen uh, the NHL already come in and say everything after tonight through the 26th is going to be paused. Uh, do you have any expectation that that's going to end up being longer than the 26th? Uh, I think the expectation uh, as we speak is certainly the games on the 27th uh, will be played. I know that uh, you know our guys will... Uh, uh, I'll be uh, back on the 26th. They're going to get another couple of days on the front end with uh, the cancellation of our game Thursday against Los Angeles. But uh, everything uh, right now points towards uh, those games being uh, played following the Christmas break. Kelly, we were just talking about this. If you go past the 27th and for whatever reason, games just keep getting postponed, Is it does it make sense? Is it sensible that they will start decreasing over the season, the games, and it, they couldn't get in a full season? Does that make sense if, if this thing just doesn't go away? Uh, I don't see that happening, Ed, but, uh, you know, as we've learned only uh, all too many times in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of things you didn't see uh, as possibilities that end up being realities. But that's, uh, uh, I think that's a long way down the list of that happening. I, I think you need to, um, you know, the, the, you know the, the key decisions are going to be, you know, the Olympic dates, what happens uh, with those, the, uh, the COVID numbers, monitoring uh, that across the National Hockey League as we get through uh, the holiday season, and uh, you know, really, you know, those those decisions I think are going to uh, be be more important uh, immediately than uh, than the potential of what uh, what you've suggested. If uh, NHL players don't go to the Olympics, how easy or difficult would it be to schedule games for what's currently a, a long break in the schedule there for the Olympics? Well, it's a really good question, and I think a real relevant question. So, the the Olympics are going to be a decision that impacts uh, you know everything that we've got uh, remaining over the course of the season. So that's a decision that. Um, you know, theoretically, can go right till uh, the 10th of January, even later. I think with some uh, different conditions that would apply. But uh, you know, the players, uh, you know, you you read there's different concerns that they have, and yet it's an opportunity to play in the Olympics. So it's a real, uh, real tough decision for uh, for those players uh, to make. If the Olympics don't happen, then it uh, it does. You know, open up that uh, that block of time in February where it would be just easy to assume that we should move games into those uh, empty dates. And yet, when you look across 32 NHL teams at building availability, those buildings you know have worked hard to fill those dates that there's no uh, hockey games for. So it uh, would be a real uh, puzzle to get it uh, to fit together. The other thing, and again, it's only affected us uh, one game, this uh, this next one on Thursday against Los Angeles. There's been a number of games across the NHL that have been canceled. There's been different teams that have been impacted along the way. So, you know, if the Olympics uh, didn't happen, there's a hope that you would get, you know, use those dates to at least uh, get those games covered off. So there's a, there's a lot of things up in the air uh, with that. I know that the scheduling process is incredibly 
complex, and uh, you know those will all be decisions that we get to here along the way once more information is available. Golden Knights General Manager Kelly McCrimmon joining us here on the Press Box. All right, let's get to hockey. Uh, when you watched the team last week go and sweep that road trip, and I know there's some big, big names still out, and uh, you know when they come back is unknown, but was that team, Kelly, as close to what you said going into the season that that's the team, that's the team can compete for a cup? Uh, are you to that point yet, or what did you think as you watched that last week? Well, I'd go back a little further. Uh, Ed, I, I think for me, uh, the Calgary game at home at the start of December with uh, you know Calgary having his greatest start to the year uh, as they did, I thought that was a real measuring stick uh, game for our team. And then really, uh, December's been a good month for our team. Interestingly, it's historically been a good month for uh, for the Golden Knights over <clears throat> over our five seasons. But you know, the Minnesota game at home, uh, you know, Minnesota was first place uh, in the Central Division. That was a real, uh, you know, important game for us. And then the trip, uh, the trip east where we went 4-0 uh, on, uh, you know, Boston and the three New York teams. That doesn't happen very often that you can put together that type of a run. So when I look at the 31 games we've played, it's really those last 10 where uh, I see uh, our team playing uh, to the identity that we uh, expected that we would play to, which is uh, obviously a function uh, of just being healthier and having uh, you know some of the players that did miss time you know, with a little more, uh, a few more reps under them where they're getting to the top of their game. So we're encouraged with uh, uh, with our play. We uh, you know now are in first place in the Pacific Division, which uh, you know six weeks ago seemed like uh, seemed like a long ways. Uh, uh, off there's still 51 games for us to go a lot of things can happen but in terms of the question you've asked uh, a lot of progress here uh, through the last 10 games uh, is there any update on the timeline for Jack Eichel and when he could be back on the ice um, not for sure uh, that's going to be one that likely takes time after he returns here and then um, you know starts to uh, be involved in body contact his rehab's going uh, extremely well in terms of all of the things he is doing, all of the things that he's able to do. His days are very full. Uh, he's very active in terms of uh, his rehab work. He's on the ice. He's in the gym. Uh, he's doing all of those things. So it's been favorable. He'll uh, need clearance from uh, the surgeon that uh, that did his surgery in Denver. He'll need clearance uh, from Dr. Prosmack before he's able to uh, become involved in team practices and uh, and, and contact, but um, you know, you know, relative to the information we had available uh, when we made the trade and prior to his surgery, I think that it's uh, real safe to say things have gone uh, very well since that time. Kelly, we talked about this yesterday concerning him. If all is clear, let's say, I don't know, March or whenever it would be all is clear, but you have a comfortable lead in that division, I know that's hard to look forward and say that. Uh, You said a lot of things could happen. Is it a situation with him that you'd be even overly cautious based on standings, based on where you are? Or if everyone clears, given he hasn't played since March, you would say we have to get him on the ice? Yeah, I think the return to play decision for Jack will be, you know, completely independent of uh, team performance, where the team is at in the standings, it, it's it's too uh, it's too important. So that'll be a standalone decision where uh, when Jack's uh, healthy, 
fully recovered, ready to return. Uh, the decision will be based uh, based solely on okay. that. Uh, I wanted to ask you one other question because we've seen, we obviously have multiple pro sports leagues here in the U.S. that are dealing with COVID outbreaks. The NFL has kind of gone the opposite direction of the NBA and the NHL where they have decided they're going to stop testing vaccinated players. Uh, is that something you think the NHL would consider doing? Well, there's a lot of discussion about that exact uh, topic right now between uh, the Players Association, uh, the teams, there's uh, a lot of support for that uh, that concept and that idea. I think when you look at the, you know, the uh, the age of these people, the the fitness level that they uh, operate at, it's uh, um, it's being talked about a lot. What will end up, uh, you know, coming out of those discussions, I guess, remains to be seen. But there there sure would be uh, support for that idea. Well, he is Kelly McCrimmon, the general manager of the Golden Knights. Kelly, we appreciate your Thank time you, this Kelly. morning. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, fellas. Thank you. Take care. So there That's is interesting. Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah. The again, the idea of not testing vaccinated players uh is if you're a sports league. That's the best way to get in games. That's yeah. the best way to finish your schedule as scheduled. The problem or the question becomes how irresponsible uh, as a member of a society are you as a, as a league you are not testing vaccinated players because as we've seen vaccinated players can still spread this vaccinated people I should say not players vaccinated people can still spread this can still catch it and spread it and how irresponsible are you being if hey we're not testing vaccinated players they go about their normal lives and they still spread it that's, you know, how irresponsible member of society you are. But it's the argument I made yesterday. That's kind of what we've all done, right? Like, we're, like yeah, most we're all people, vaccinated. Yeah. Most yeah. people that have gotten vaccinated and I wouldn't say normal, but have resumed pretty close to right. normal what life was like before. Because we're basically saying our risk level is low enough that we're comfortable to do it. And that's what a lot of society has done. The NFL is basically saying, all right, we'll follow that lead. Well, and on top of that, outside of Ed, who gets tested weekly in order to do his job, most people who are vaccinated, if they get infected or asymptomatic, why would yeah. they get like they right, they wouldn't right. even know. Right. And so they're like, no, of course not. I haven't had any contact with anybody. Right. And it's like, well, you may have. Yeah. Like I mean, you, if you're vaccinated and even boosted, um, as David Ross said, you you have to have some symptoms to where you even think about it, I would think. Right. Yeah. I mean, that you would even not wait. I have a fever. Yeah. You know, or something like that. But if it's just a cough or something, you could not have any idea. Just say, oh, I have a cough. No. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like my allergies. Jared just coughed twice during that yes. break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go get tested, Jared. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, I this might be, I don't know. We're not out of this, but this is, I think this is a big moment. Jared coughed twice. I didn't think about COVID once when he coughed. No, I didn't either. I've spent like two years looking at people that yes. cough, being like, "Oh God." Well, and I was. You're I also almost... took a big gulp of my energy drink. Would you choke on your? Yeah, own I was kind of choke. It was more <laughs> of a choke cough than a cough. And you're mostly even to the this day. If I like, you just said you took a drink and cough. If I do that on a plane, like I just wonder how many people are looking over at me. Seriously. I yeah. mean, if I do that, I'm not, and I, I don't think I have it. I get tested, but it's like you cough and you're like, and when other people cough, I think that. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, hold on, buddy. Well, Calm down. See, I only think about it. I was all right. So I was at, I, I, was, I was at a place and I was watching, I want to say Thursday night football, and there was just a dude coughing who he didn't cover. 
Like uh, he didn't didn't yeah. didn't go into the elbow, <laughs> didn't put his hand over his face, didn't turn away. Just hacking on on the bar, and that's I'm not like, good. okay, even not COVID, that's yeah, like yeah, that's where exactly, I'm just like exactly like. Okay, Reg- you're just gross. Yeah, regardless of the pandemic, just, yeah, stay away from that guy. All right, here we go. We've got a pair of tickets to the Las Vegas Bowl on December 30th at Allegiant Stadium, plus, plus. a pair of tickets to go see the new movie, National Champion. 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want to go to the Las Vegas Bowl Allegiant Stadium. 702-364-1100. We will take caller number 12 at 702-364-1100. Look, fellas, I apologize if, you know, I seemed like I was a little short with you after the game. I'm not really trying to be short, but honestly, there wasn't too much to say. I don't know that there's a whole lot more to say now, but it's not your fault. It was a frustrating game. You're locked in the press box. Look at how nice Bill Belichick wow. is. Wow. Like, that was a great cut right there. Save that one. <laughs> Uh, by the way, congratulations to Nick. He won tickets to the Las Vegas Bowl and to go see the new movie, National Champions. But yeah, Bill Belichick. Like, sorry I was short after that game. Compared to you, Normally he's very long He's very game. verbose. Got a lot of words to say after most games. He just was frustrated after they lost to the Colts. And I don't know. Did you did you hear his ex? He, uh... Kicked the field goal down 13 points with like eight minutes to go inside like the 10-yard line or something like that. And he tried to explain it away like, well, I thought we'd get two possessions back and we wouldn't have to kick or we would, we'd would we only have to score one touchdown instead of two. I was like, well, you could have just scored one touchdown right then. But they didn't go for it on fourth down. This is a bad decision. I mean, He's uh, so the, the, the algorithms that tell you, hey, what's your win probability if you go for it or not? He's ranked as one of the worst. As one of the like, is he? Yeah, as like one of the most conservatives. Um, he's bottom like three. Like Rich Passacci is down there too, but Bill Belichick's been one of the worst this year. I, 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 so something I've been thinking about is the this idea, and what if the coach is like, yeah, I would go for it, but our offense isn't equipped to do that. Then why would you think they're going to go down and score two more times? Because you have to technically play the game. You can't just go. You can't just, like, hit a button and go, F it, we're done. We have been defeated. We got to get out of here. I mean, by kicking the field goal, you're basically doing that. Like, that's yes, that's the thing. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Goal, you're saying we're done. Whereas if you go for it, you're done if you don't get it, too. But if you get it, you got a chance. You only need one stop, and then you can tie the game. Or in that case, they could have won the game. Or you literally think... Our defense is more likely to score a touchdown than our offense. Even more reason to go for it because then the offense gets the ball inside the 10-yard line. And when's the defense going to score from inside the 10-yard? And that was Carson Wentz. We have seen him multiple times just, like, throw the ball to a defender. Not even, like, a real pass. He's just, yeah, this is my offhand. I'm just going to throw it to the defender. It held. They probably did have a better chance to score with the Colts having the ball inside the five than their own offense having the ball inside the five. Do we have time for you to tell us how you're going to make more money? Uh, on what? Oh, on your horses and chickens. No, I'm not telling you yet. Are they having another animal? No, it's not an animal. <laughs> it's not an animal. <laughs> Does Pokemon do an NFT? No, yeah. it's not Pokemon. Okay. This one, it's, it's a it's little... It's not a new thing. It's a little dumb, but... We're but you have the ability to make it. more money. I'll tell you next month when we actually buy them. You're buying more stuff. Yeah, I, I got to make sure we buy them first. Then I'll tell you guys about them. Because we might we might not end up buying them. You don't them pay something. rent, right? Yeah, I got a mortgage. Okay, he's got a mortgage. Okay. 
All right, fair enough. Yeah. That no 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 that that answers my question. I get my emails from uh, Nevada Energy telling me how much my energy bill is going to be every month. Are you one of those people? Because we're not, because of uh, lovely Greenspan. We're at sixty six in the house. Are you one of those people who go to like eighty? Well, no, I'd be sweating and be dying. No, he's I got mean, a bulldog. It would literally like the thing. Four. Yeah, we'll turn. Here's the thing. Heat doesn't cost that. Much. It doesn't cost that much to heat your house. Up. We're sixty six. It costs a lot to cool your house down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I've I, listen. Heating your house up doesn't cost nearly anywhere close. Oh, to not price. as air conditioning. So I no. have I have no problem with turning the heat up. AC, yeah, we'll be like, all right, it's hot, but uh, this is going to be come expensive. over to my house. Ninety. I'm not Are doing you that. Serious? We'll turn the air down. <laughs> I have four box fans, one in each corner of the room, and they're creating yeah, we have a, a lot of fans in the summer. We we but are a lot of fans. People that don't turn the heat on, I don't get it. It's like two dollars, sixty six. Like turn the heat on. It's coming. You're I gonna be fine. on the whole day. You're gonna be fine. It's no problem. 